Jesus Christ meets Pontius Pilate. Good morning, Christian America. When Jesus Christ, the ruler of the world, the son of man, the Messiah, who comes bound and handed over after being tried by the Sanhedrin and the chief priests to the governor of Jerusalem, the governor of Israel, Pontius Pilate. This is a meeting that juxtaposes the flesh and the spirit. It juxtaposes the world and the kingdom of God. And the differences between the two here is where they meet in history. Let's read scripture this morning and get into the word of God to discuss Jesus Christ and Pontius Pilate. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. If you like what we're trying to do, if you support the revitalization of the Christian American community across this nation, subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, subscribe to this. If you're watching this on the new Rumble channel, uh, we encourage you to subscribe to the Rumble channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel, the Good Morning Christian America podcast YouTube channel. We're going to get into... The word of God, as we do every Monday, as we try to do every Monday, uh, you know, God willing. Um, and today we're coming to you in the gospel of Mark. We're going to start on chapter 15. If you followed us in the previous podcast, you know that we're going through the, the gospel of Mark and we've reached this time where we, we've hit Good Friday. Jesus is handed over by his by one of his closest disciples, Judas, with a kiss who is then handed over to the Sanhedrin, who is then handed over to the chief of priests, right? And he's tried before them in the dead of night. He's, they, he's been bound and he's been accused. And now they hand him over to Pontius Pilate. They're handing him over to the governor, the Roman governor of Israel. And we're going to get into what scripture says so that you can understand what takes place. And then we can talk about why what takes place is so very important to us. And it juxtaposes the world from the kingdom of God. And it's important to recognize as Christians, where are our allegiances and where our allegiances should be placed when we look at the world and we look at the kingdom of God. So grab your Bibles. I'd ask you to turn it to Mark chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 1. Jesus before Pilate, Scripture says, As soon as morning came, the chief priests and with the elders and the scribes, that is, the, soul, the whole Sanhedrin, held a council. They bound Jesus. They led him away. They handed him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to him in reply, you say so. The chief priest accused him of many things. Again, Pilate questioned him. Have you no answer? See how many things they accuse you of. Jesus gave him no further answer so that Pilate was amazed. Now, on occasion of the feast, he used to release to them one prisoner 
whom they requested, a man called Barabbas, was then in prison along with rebels who had committed murder in a rebellion. The crowd came before uh, the crowd came forward and began to ask him to do for them as he was accustomed. Pilate answered, "Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews?" For he knew that it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate again said to them in reply, then what do you want me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted again, crucify him. Pilate said to them, why? What evil has he done? They only shouted the louder, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas to them. And after he had scourged Jesus, handed him over to be crucified. Very telling exchange here. We're going to start at the beginning and we're going to kind of walk you through what scripture says. So hopefully we get a better, better understanding, a better context of this. It's important to understand that Pilate, Pontius Pilate was a historical figure, right? This, uh, this gospel is not something that's made up. This gospel is something that was written down by the people who were there. These are stories that were told by eyewitnesses' accounts of the time. Pontius Pilate was the governor, a prefect of Rome that was in charge of the city of Jerusalem and essentially Israel in that time. He is the ruler. He's the governing authority. If you want to look at today's um, governmental construct, right, we have the church and then we have the government right? Pilate is the government. The chief priests are the chiefs within the church. They're the church leadership. And so the church leadership at this moment in time is envious. Pilate recognizes because he's a politician. One thing politicians do very well is they, they're very political. They can recognize when people are playing political games. Pilate recognizes scripture acknowledges that Pilate recognizes that these chief priests here, um, Caiaphas and the lot, are jealous. The word they use is envy, right? They envy Jesus. They, they're jealous of his influence. They're jealous of the accolades that he received when he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. They're jealous of the people that were you know, waving palms and and uh, bowing down to Jesus, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. People recognize that because they've been waiting for this Messiah. There's been talk of Jesus's miracles and the leadership within the church is envious. The leadership within the church turns on their own people. They put their own desires, their own ambition, their own power, their own prestige ahead of the truth. If we as Christians are to read this as, as we just read it, we need to recognize that the people in whatever church that you belong to, whichever religious organization that you belong to, we must be wary of leadership 
who put their own ambitions, their own wealth, their own public persona, their own clout, their own influence, their own power over the truth of what God says, over the truth of God's plan. When we see these things, as we see these chief priests who become envious of others because of their perceived own lack of power or maybe future lack of position and influence, we need to recognize it and call it out. Because if this can happen, if obviously if this happens to Jesus, it can happen to any of us. When we stand for the word of God, if it interferes with the plans or the ambitions of leaders in our churches or leaders in our communities, they will come after you. But that's okay because you want to be on the right side. You want to be on the righteous side. You want to be on the side of the kingdom of God. You want to be on the side of God's will as Jesus is. Even though the chief priests have turned him over, he's, he has accepted it because he's not worried about the world. You might ask yourself, why did, why did these chief priests, why did these religious leaders come to the government for this? Well, there's, there's probably a couple of reasons, and we can talk about some of those. One of them is that maybe the people actually believed Jesus more than they believed the chief priests. Maybe his influence, he had real influence with the people. When we see the Gospels before this, he feeds 5,000, he feeds 4,000, he heals people till the sun goes down. He makes the lame walk. He gives sight to the blind. He performs miracles. And it says that many were added to those numbers numerous times. So the people probably backed Jesus more than they backed Caiaphas and the chief priests. Second thing, why did Pilate get involved in this? Right? Obviously, they brought Jesus to Pilate and they told him whatever they told him. Right? Obviously, he got the idea that Jesus was claiming to be the king of the Jews because he uses that phrase. Now, Mark's gospel doesn't mention that the chief priests say that phrase to Pilate, but Pilate does say it a few times. And so what they try to do is they try to twist Jesus's purpose, what he's been saying, that they, they twist the idea of the son of man they twist the idea of the kingdom of God into something of this world so that they can then turn him over to the rulers of the world, which are Rome, which are Pilate. And so as a, as a question to Jesus from a governmental official, are you saying, that's why Pilate asked his question, are you saying that you are the king of the Jews? the king of the Jewish people, the king of the state of Israel. Are you saying from a governmental standpoint, from an earthly point of view, are you saying that you are the leader, the king of these people 
that Rome rules. You notice Jesus doesn't answer that question. He says, you say that I am. If we hearken back to the national, the, the, the nationalists, the rebellion, uh, the rebels that were trying to coax Jesus a few chapters earlier into saying that the Jewish people should not pay taxes to Rome, right? They, they tried to box him in again by conflating the kingdom of God with the earthly kingdom of Rome, the earthly empire of Rome. And Jesus clearly quells that situation by saying nothing bad about Caesar. He says, give to Caesar, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but render to God what is God's. And now Jesus is actually living that statement. When confronted, are you the king of these people? From Pilate's perspective, that question means treason. It means rebellion. It means insurrection. It means that you are an enemy of the state and the state now can, can do whatever it needs to as punishment to this man. But you see, Jesus doesn't even engage in that conversation because this is a, this is a war not of the flesh. This is a war not of earthly powers. This is a war between the spirit and the flesh. This is a war between the kingdom of God in which Jesus reigns and the kingdoms of earth, which are ruled by man. And Pilate, not knowing this, he wants to make sure that we're not talking about the same thing. And so he asked him qu quite clearly, point blank, are you the king of these people? Are you an enemy of Rome? Are you worried about gaining? Are you trying to gain power? Are you trying to gain influence? Are you trying to take over the earthly lands in which we have conquered? Jesus provides no answer. He says, you say so. I'm not involved in that. This is a sign to Pilate that this man is not thinking about overthrowing Rome. Which is why you see the tone shift in Pilate. First, I need to... Find the answer. What, what, is, what is this guy trying to do? Why did these people bring him to me? And once he realizes they're bringing me this man who's done nothing wrong out of envy and jealousy, well, he kind of really, he, kinda, he wants to let him go. This doesn't concern me. He says this in other gospels. He says it in the, in the book of Acts. When, when pressed, Pilate says, your religion, what concern of it is it of mine? This is your problem, chief priests, not mine. This is a religious problem in his mind, not a governmental problem. But yet, so he, he Pilate recognizes the games that are being played. He recognizes the lies that are being told. And he tries to get out of the situation and probably throw some egg on the face of these religious leaders because he's got disdain for them anyway. He's a pagan ruler. He has disdain for the Jewish people to begin with. He really doesn't like the religious leaders of the day and recognizes the corruption in them. And this just exacerbates that. And so he attempts to give a prisoner away. And so you have Barabbas, who's been involved in murder, scripture says. He's, he, 
it doesn't say he actually did the murder, but he said he's involved in a rebellion. He's a rebel. He has committed or been a part of a group, at least, that has committed murder. Obviously, a person that's not living by the Jewish law necessarily, or at least the law that Moses handed down. And so he reaches out to the crowd and says, look, do you want the? I'll release somebody. I'll release this murderer or I'll release the king of the Jews. Again, kind of another slap in the face of the Jewish leaders. Pilate probably thinks that they're going to say, well, let Jesus go. He hasn't done anything. Meanwhile, this guy's a murderer. But that's not what happens because the crowd is fickle. The crowd being stirred up by evil doers is, will be the exact opposite of what is good. There is such thing. There's a, psych, there's a psychology into mob mentality. When groups, large groups of people get together, the, the ability to think independently diminishes and it can quickly become a riot or rebellion or a fight or, or anything like that. And so the crowd turns against Jesus. The crowd, led by corrupt leaders, turns against what is good. They turn against what is righteous. Instead, they seek to clear, to free a murderer, someone who works against the word of God, someone who's causing problems, someone who's calling, you know, causing strife. Paul alludes to this in the book of Romans. And in other epistles, when he says, we will get to a place where the good is called evil and the evil is called good. These people in the crowd, stirred up by bad leaders, evil leaders, jealous leaders, envious leaders, influence their crowd to do what is evil and call it good. We as Christians need to recognize that what is righteous today was righteous then. And what is righteous then will also be righteous until the end of time. That the word of God will not change, has not changed. The word of God is not out of style and will not grow to be out of style. The word of God will not adjust to the future culture. And if we have leaders, even within our own church, within our own community, or within our own government, that try to blur those lines so that they can stay in charge, so that they can stay in power, so that they can continue to have the most influence, so that their ambition reigns supreme, we have a duty, we have a responsibility to not only call, to, to, to call them out on it, but to stand firm against it and stand with the word of God. All of these things can be seen in these two short paragraphs. When Jesus Christ meets Pontius Pilate. And so, again, if, if you support what we're trying to do here with, with the Christian American revitalization effort, we ask 
that you subscribe to this podcast, that you like this video, that you share it with your friends, that you talk about the word of God, even if you don't share this podcast. Read the word of God, read scripture, understand it. Think about how relevant this communication, this interaction between our earthly rulers, our religious leaders, and the kingdom of God interact today very similarly to how they interacted 2,000 years ago. And always remember to choose the side of God over the world. Choose the spirit over the flesh. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, um, we will come to you with another podcast on Friday to get into the weekend, to get you into some scripture, um, to get you into the word of God. And until then, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.